man, you already know what it is, man. I got nunchuck training at, at 4.30. I got Sushi Tuesday at 6. I got to have beer and whiskey. Oh, we're on. Hey, ladies and gentlemen, you already know what it is. It's another episode of What Do You Know? What Do You Say? Sir. Snoop and, and Pharrell. That's a oldie but goodie. Let's get blown and welcome back to What Do You Know? What Do You Say? A gambling podcast. And, uh, you know, we talk about witty things as opposed to, you know, trash things. You know, it's, it's me, your, your, your host, Bueno Dueno. And, you know, I'm coming out the office Tuesday. You know how we do this. Got the office to myself. We're coming to you live from, from Dobbs Ferry. And we're going to talk, you know, we're going to talk a little football here. You know, basketball season's coming up. You know, we got a, got a special little surprise for you guys as far as the basketball thing goes, as far as NBA goes. I know you guys like hoops, but we're still talking football, baby. We are still talking football. And, you know, as far as I'm concerned, uh, the season, this is week eight. This is halfway through the season, a lot of. A lot, of, a lot of teams have been, you know, showing their metal. A lot of teams have been showing their complete ass. So we're going to figure out, you know, how's everything going on and what the goings-ons is goings-ons, and we're going to get to it. But uh, got a couple of topics I, I'd like to address first. Uh, so first, the first topic I'd like to address is um, I'm watching the game last night. The game that I'm speaking of, it's Tuesday, so obviously I, I like to do this pod the Tuesday after the Monday night game to get into the early lines because you know those are you know those are a little bit easier for me to bet because they're a little bit more uh, outrageous and leaves me a little bit more room for error as far as I'm concerned. Um, I, I've, I've watched the teams all weekend, so I'm I'm seeing you know how this team might react off a short week or this team might play against you know another team's specific scheme or or this is the vision game and and this and this team is you know on the cusp of of you know of owning the division a lot of things playing to the fact that but i like to do my picks right after the monday night game uh you know take it as you will but you know this is my system it works for me but the first topic i'd like to get into watch the monday night game last night it was uh the Patriots and the Jets, uh, man, um, I'm not even going to go into what, you know, as far as like what, you know, what I said as far as that game was going to was going to be. But it turned out way worse. Jets, oh, they got destroyed. They got destroyed. They got destroyed. 33 zip. They made the, the, the quarterback look like a rookie. Sam Donald, he's coming back from mono. I mean, he destroyed the Cowboys, you know, the week prior. But, hey, you know, the Cowboys ain't the Patriots, and uh, my issue isn't, you know, with their performance, I knew they were going to lose, shout out to my man Goldfinger, um, he's a huge Jet fan, I mean, a huge Jet fan, and, and it's just like, <laughs> you know, we're, we're gonna, I'm going to eventually have him on this pod, and we're, it's, it's going to be, it's going to be probably the most enlightening thing, because I want to know, he's been a Jet fan as long as I've known him, I've known him for a long time. And he's never lost the faith, ladies and gentlemen. He's never lost the faith. Like, I've literally gone to a game where the Jets have lost to Johnny Manziel. And he's still like, man, we're going to get it together. Eh, okay. But that's my bro. So, but uh, shout, out, shout out to Goldfinger and all the Jet fans out there, man. I, I feel for you guys. I'm, an, I'm a Giant fan, so I know how it feels to win. You guys don't really know that feeling. Um... It's, it's, you know, it's kind of questionable when you guys actually will, but that's, that's fine. That's perfectly fine. But my issue with this is being mic'd up. So, you know, when they have these, you know, televised games, they generally mic up a player. Um, and, you know, I always have an issue with the, with the player who they mic up 
because it's usually somebody who is like, you know, I mean, I don't have an issue with who they mic up because it's generally like a star, somebody who's like really rowdy, somebody who's like trying to hype the team up, somebody who's like, you know, you know, like I, 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 I think I heard, uh, I think uh, the defensive players are probably the best when they're mic'd up. I mean, because they're, they're just out there having fun. I mean, they're just reading and reacting to, you know, whatever's going on. If the game's going good, you know, hey, they, they're a little jovial. If the game's going bad, they're trying to hype people up. As far as like offensive players when they're mic'd up, I mean, you might catch them with more strategy, so to speak, more trying to get people in the proper place, trying to get people hyped up, trying to get people, you know, telling receiver, hey, man, I'm, 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 I'm coming, I'm, I'm, going, I'm going your direction, you know, fly route, we're doing a wheel route, whatever, whatever, boom, okay. And generally, it's the quarterback. So last night, Sam Darnold was mic'd up. I guess uh, Brady didn't feel like doing it because, to be honest with you, I would have just had Brady do it. It's a Monday night game. Nobody's coming in to see Sam Darnold play football. Come on now. Everybody's going to see Brady. I was going to the game, too. I was trying to get some, some tickets, but they want, they want $250 for nosebleed. Man, I'm watching on TV. But anyway, Sam Darnold is uh, the mic'd up guy. So uh, Sam Darnold has the nerve to say he's seeing ghosts. He's seeing ghosts. Now, I, I, I listen to Skip and Shannon. I, I, I watch ESPN. I watch a lot of these shows, you know, and, and that's all I saw all day. How Sam Donald seeing ghosts because uh, Bill Belichick zero blitzed his ass in the submission last night. Now, uh, as far as a zero blitz, let me just let you guys know what a zero blitz is. A zero blitz is basically an all-out blitz where all of the defenders are up on the line, up on a man, and they're just going to crash the line and just try to sack the quarterback. Now, I mean, in all honesty, for a younger quarterback, yeah, this is something a little daunting. There was a view, well, there's a couple of views that they, that they show that lets you see what type of pressure this guy is under. Now, as a quarterback, you have to make that... that um, decision like okay the rush is coming from here or it's not where am I going with the ball you have to make that decision in a split second like you have to make it really really quick and 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 Sam Darnold I mean he's still you know he's still a young quarterback he hasn't had enough time in the league to you know to really put himself in a position to master that yet somebody like Brady somebody like Drew Brees someone like Philip Rivers I mean, even Eli to a certain degree. Well, now nah, maybe not Eli, but certain uh, quarterbacks they have the they have that sort of like spidey sense of where the rush is going to come from, where it's being faked from. You know what defender I can actually, you know what defender I can actually take advantage of, and what route is going to be most advantageous for the most yards in that particular in that particular. Um, situation for Sam Donald to be like I'm seeing ghosts I mean man you're the quarterback of the Jets baby you can't you, you know you mic'd up you got everybody across the country who's got a microphone in front of them who talks sports who talks about football talk about how you seeing ghosts you got to explain that to your receivers now you got to explain that to your coordinator you got to explain that to your to your to your line, you know. I mean, it's like, yo, you're the you're the CEO of the offense, and you're the, you're the quarterback of the Jets. Nobody wants to hear you talk like that. That's a very, very, very defeated way of um, speaking. I mean, mind you, these motherfuckers lost 33 zip last night, so maybe he was seeing ghosts. I mean, it is close to Halloween, but I mean, gee whiz. But I mean, you mic'd up, baby, so everybody heard that. So, eh, it's not that great. I mean, what are you going to do? What are you going to do? But, uh, I mean, hopefully, you know, hopefully Sam Darnold gets to the point where it's, uh, where he's a little bit more comfortable. He's a little bit more comfortable with the blitz because I'm be honest with you until he gets to the point where it's, it's, it's more natural for him to pick out where he's going to go with the ball. He's going to have games like this. And, you know, these are the games that actually make or break you as a quarterback. Um, 
but up until then I, I i hope that he you know he works on his mechanics and um i don't know i'm i'm pretty sure he's going to get his coach fired this season but i don't think it's through any fault of his i just think adam gase is a horrible coach i mean he was horrible in miami um he's looking like he's going to be pretty bad in new york too um and it's funny that new york didn't notice that um because they play in the same division but who knows what are you gonna do one piece of pressing business i'd like to address on what do you know what do you say a gambler's podcast i gotta come up with a cool tagline to go with that something that'll attract corporate america you know get a couple of get a couple of dollars in in the proverbial advertising budget but anyway one topic i would like to address is uh some perusing social media and i'm seeing that uh old nasty Nas is saying how corny it is for people to think that you know how corny it is how people think Illmatic is better than you know all of his other works and stuff like that and I found that I don't know I just found it a little strange um I love Nas I love Nas I I love him as an artist um as a person you know what i'm saying he's someone to look up to i mean I, I think i have looked up to him since you know since i was a teenager and illmatic is like i mean i'm gonna be honest with you i listen to illmatic every day i've probably listened to it every day since it came out um i remember that video music box special about it you know there was a whole video music box special just about this album and i don't know anybody who's from new york who knows you know how important video music box was video music box was like shit it was like social media back in the 90s i mean that's who you knew that's who you found out was really popping who had the videos on it was like it was a different era because at this point you really couldn't reach out and touch these people they were like mythic figures at this point and nas nasty nas with illmatic holy shit i mean when this album came out, it was, I don't, it, it, it's not really hard to explain its importance, but you kind of feel like it was the beginning of a new era. It was the beginning of a, it was like, it was like, I mean, at the age that I was, I was coming into myself as, a, as an adult, as a man, as a black man, and listening to this album, how it was so well put together, how it just flowed, how his lyrics were just like, gee whiz, it was like, it was, it was, it was fucking art. It was art. And if you've ever, you know, if you've ever been able to appreciate art that just made you feel good, like Illmatic just made you feel, just made you feel important. Like somebody's out there telling your story, you know, and, um, and like I said, it's probably one of, if not, I know it's one of my top five albums of all time. Um, and I, I, I mean, I have a very eclectic taste when it comes to music, but Illmatic is definitely, if I was on a, 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 a trending on the island, that would be one of the albums that would come with me. That would probably be one of the first albums I'd pick up. Um, from start to finish, it's lyrical it's musical it's just this the perfect album so i was kind of disappointed to hear this guy say yo you know it's corny that people think that this album is better than my other album nah bruh nas i love you man but it's corny for you to think that you can pick and choose which works of yours that people think is the best you know what i'm saying i mean i know i've heard people call nas like a, a average beat picker you know, I know I've heard people say that, you know, he doesn't make the best projects, you know, I mean, that may be true, you know, but as far as I'm concerned, like if you look at Illmatic, it's it's a perfect album. Some of Nas's other projects have not been perfect, haven't been as entertaining. People just don't find him as entertaining. I mean, you'll you'll surely get that the one single off of it, one or two singles. Um, and sure, you enjoy Nas as an artist, but you'll always come back to Illmatic because it set such a high standard in music, not just in his career, but in music, period. I mean, that 
album basically came out when when just a a a a, a, a list of classics came out the chronic doggy style and the 36 chambers the score i mean i mean the list goes on and on i could be all day talking about 90s rap and you know how i feel like illmatic was you know was the set off point but um yeah, it's, 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 it's unfortunate because you don't get to pick which works that people just love. And I don't know, I feel like Illmatic is probably one of the most important, if not the most important album. Um, and, you know, it, it resonates because it's, it's the, 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 the time when it came out with, with somebody like me, it, re- it still resonates today because some of those themes are, are still relevant to, you know, to these young boys out here, you know, doing their thing and trying to, you know, just trying to, you know, maneuver, maneuver, you know, all the, all the obstacles, all the negative energy that, you know, that, you know, that, that rears this ugly head every day. But I mean, I get where he's coming from as an artist, you know, as an artist, you, you want to make stuff and you just want to move on. You want people, you want to make it, you want people to appreciate it, but then you want to move on. It's kind of like, say if, you know, if Tarantino made Pulp Fiction and nobody ever paid attention to any of his other movies, nobody ever said any of, any of his other movies were good, but they always just rested their laurels on Pulp Fiction. That's kind of how it is. He's kind of, you know, some of his movies haven't been that great, but you know, that Pulp Fiction that fact that he made that movie gives him a little bit more flex when it comes to, you know, you know, making other films and, you know, stuff like that. But I really, really feel as if he needs to think about that statement because it's like you can't be mad at people for for loving your first album. I mean, that's how people met you. So, I mean, but like I say, I get it. As an artist, you want you want your new art to, to be reflected as well as your older works and stuff. But hey, who knows? Maybe Nas will have a change of heart. Shout out to Nas, though. Nas is the fucking man. Final topic before we get on to, you know, these picks and stuff is, um, you know, I was, uh, you know, was up early this morning and I was a little hungry. And I was thinking, I mean, this was just a thought that popped in my head. I mean, what I wound up having, I wound up having, I wound up having a uh, smoothie. I hate smoothies. Smoothies are trash. But I had one. I was thinking about egg salad. Yeah, egg salad. I was thinking egg salad does not get enough light. You know, and I wonder why. All the other salads, I mean, you got tuna salad. Everybody's, you know, likes tuna salad, chicken salad. I've seen people, you know, go batshit banana crazy for chicken salad. And turkey salad, I mean, that doesn't really, that really doesn't happen to a, until, you know, after the holidays, you know, after you know, Thanksgiving or Christmas. Turkey salad is fucking amazing, though. I mean, when you get to have some turkey salad, you know it's not a game. It's not a game. It's not a game. Shrimp salad, eh, shrimp salad, eh. It's not that great. It's good. It's not that great though. But egg salad. Oh, egg salad. Come on now. Egg salad is fucking amazing. I mean, it's fucking amazing. It's delicious. It is delicious, man. You know, depends on who makes it though. You know, it definitely depends who makes it. You could have it on a, you know, bed of lettuce, maybe some spinach, maybe some kale. You know, with a little tomato or something like that. You know what I'm saying? Maybe have it on a piece of toast. You know, you know, some wheat toast, something like that. Also with a tomato, also with a little lettuce. Oh man, you're in business. A little paprika. You know, that's egg salad. I'm telling you, egg salad gets gets doesn't get enough light, man. It doesn't get enough light. I mean, maybe probably because of the after effects. Because nobody likes egg farts. And I'm pretty sure that, you know, egg salad with all the stuff that goes into it. I mean, the farts that are after egg salad aren't that great. But, I mean, to a degree, maybe worth it. You know, so maybe if you, you know, you're outside and want a little egg salad, that's, 
you know, that's the, the course of action you should take. But I mean, like I say, I just feel like egg salad doesn't get enough love. And I'm going to take time on what do you know, what do you say to give a shout out to egg salad, you know, because all the other salads, they get they get run, you know, all day, every day. They get so much love. You know, I go into my local deli. Well, it's not really my local deli. It's the deli I go to before I, I start work and go get my breakfast, my coffee and shit. You know, they have one of those things with the egg salad. And I see the egg salad. And egg salad always looks like super good, like in, in like the little display. I'm not fucking with it though. Because I don't know who made that egg salad. That's one of the caveats when it comes to egg salad. I need to see you make that shit. Like you just can't have like a thing of egg salad sitting somewhere and I'm going to be like, oh yeah, let me get some of that. Nah, 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 nah. I feel like that's a bad decision. I feel like that's a super, super bad decision. Like, you just can't fuck with everybody's egg salad. You don't know what's in it. You don't know if it has enough seasoning. You don't know whether it has the, the Golden's mustard or whether it has, like, that cheap yellow hot dog mustard because there's a difference. There's a difference. And if you get somebody that puts hot dog mustard instead of the Golden's, the spicy brown in the egg salad, man... They don't give a shit about nothing. They steal, probably. They'll steal from your house. They will steal from your house. They will steal. I'm, I'm just thinking. They, they probably lie on the SATs. They probably do all type of shit. But yeah, I need to see you make that shit from scratch before I fuck with it. I mean, unless you're like a chef, you know, and, you know, and that's what you do. But, like, I'm just not buying deli egg salad, man. Because I'm not too sure nobody, who, I mean, nobody gets that. And it always looks fresh. So, I mean, are you using the same one? Or, you you know, but with all that being said, I don't know if I'm going to have some egg salad. I'm going to probably try to get somebody to make some for me. Um, but like I said, I have to have that shit made in front of me. Um, ain't nobody making no egg salads, no clandestine egg salads around me, buddy. You know, just pop it with some egg salad. Hey, bro, I got some egg salad. You want some? Nah. I'm good. It's not the type of shit you just pop up with. That's the type of shit that you mention, and then it gets made. Like, hey, how about some egg salad? That's a how about. You know, you just don't pop up with that. You pop up with some egg salad, I don't know. Like I said, if you don't know what you're doing, there could be problems there. But um, I don't know. Well, let's get down to these damn picks, shall we? So now, this is week eight. We are at like the midpoint of the season. Like I said, this is when it starts to get serious. This is when some teams are playing for the draft, and then you got some teams that are playing for a chip. Not everybody's going in the same direction, but hey, we're gonna find out. So we're gonna start off with Thursday night football. Thursday night's game is gonna be a I'm pretty sure it's going to be a blowout. Um, you got Washington going to Minnesota. Now, Minnesota, uh, they were looked at as like a contender early in the year. They were looked at as, uh, as a team that had a really good defense, which they do have. Um, they have adequate receivers. They have an average quarterback. I mean, he will make average money, but he's average. He played well last week and that's his whole thing um Kirk Cousins is one of those quarterbacks that if the situation and the system is perfect he's gonna play well I just don't know how much off-platform stuff and when I say off-platform when things aren't going to plan how how uh how how good how 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 great he's gonna be in that situation well this week it should be a cakewalk they are playing Washington. Oh, boy. Washington sucks. I mean, they really suck. I mean, they just fired their coach. Their defense is in disarray. Uh, their offensive line really isn't protecting anybody. They have a quarterback thing. They drafted a kid that they don't know if he's ready or not. Um, hopefully, they don't ruin him. Uh, they got two quarterbacks that they're looking to probably put on IR because that's what the Redskins do. They put quarterbacks on the injured reserve. I mean, they got one with a broken leg right now. So, 
if you really think about it, it's uh, they're not in the best position. I kind of feel like they're cursed a little bit. Several factors feel have me feeling like that that franchise just isn't going to be any good for years and years and years. And um, that's a whole podcast in itself. But uh, I'm gonna be uh, I'm gonna be realistic here. They uh, can't suck that bad. I don't see them getting destroyed completely. I see them getting blown out. But uh, the the numbers here, eh, it's Thursday night football. I'm gonna take Washington at a plus sixteen at Minnesota, and I'm gonna take the over, which is forty two. So come on, Redskins, come on, let's let's uh. Let's have some pride about ourselves here. Let's not lose by 16 points. I mean, I don't really feel like you guys have a chance going into Minnesota anyway, but I don't see you getting scraped by 17 points. I could be wrong. I've been wrong before. But let's move on to the Sunday games, the 1 o'clock games. Okay, so the 1 o'clock games, I'm going to start it off with my team. You know, they've been letting me down pretty often pretty often for the for the past three weeks uh I've been uh you know they've been really good to me on the over-unders but as far as them covering um and straight ups not that great not that great uh you got New York they're going to Detroit this week and uh yeah Shermer he has to scheme up a masterpiece he really has to scheme up a masterpiece because the coach for Detroit Matt Patricia is a defensive, he's a defensive-minded coach. And as far as a rookie quarterback coming into his building to try to win a game, it's, it's going to be difficult. It's going to be difficult. I feel like Shermer is coaching for his job. Uh, these last couple of games, I just don't think he's a great coach. As far as a coordinator, I think that he's probably an awesome coordinator. I just don't view his global setup as far as a football team as ideal. I don't like the way he deals with his defense. Um, I definitely don't like the dude that they, you know, uh, uh, got as defensive uh, coordinator. Betcher, I feel like he doesn't know how to to utilize his line. He's a a linebacker's guy. And linebacker's guys are are more reactionary. Um, They're more reactionary, they're more surprise type guys as opposed to using the line to kind of like set the stage, you know, at the line of scrimmage. Um, I could be wrong, but like I say, I feel like Shermer, this game, he needs to have a really good showing in this game. Um, Fortunately, he has, you know, he has a a new quarterback, you know, Saquon is back. Um, And Detroit, they need to pick a path because this is a tough, a really, really tough division. It's turning out to be the toughest division in football. You got Green Bay, which is playing lights out. Chicago has a great defense. Um, Minnesota, they're looking to do something. I mean, in all honesty, this division has, has you know, four teams that could, at any given time, you know, make a deep run into the playoffs. Detroit, maybe not so much. But with this game, I'm going to take uh, New York. New York is the dog, so I'm going to take New York at a plus seven at Detroit, and I'm going to take the over, which is 50. So once again, I'm, I'm counting on you guys, Shermer. Let's let's see if you can let's see if you can do something, or if, you know, at, you know, at the end of the game, I'll just get on my story and just start, uh, you know, you know, calling for your resignation. But coaches never resign. I don't know what the hell goes on. So the next game I'm going to talk about, talking about Seattle at Atlanta. Now, Seattle, oh boy, they got scraped last week by Baltimore. Um, I definitely picked Seattle to win that game. It was an away game. I didn't expect Baltimore to come in and, and just, you know, do them so dirty. But Russell, from what I saw, got a little sloppy with the ball. Um, they fooled them. They tricked them. Um, and that doesn't happen with a quarterback of his caliber. But uh, the kid Lamar Jackson is the real deal. But um, Atlanta, which Seattle was going into this week, sucks. 
and I think they're on the, uh, you know, they might be on the business side of a complete overhaul um, coming up at the end of the season. It looks like they're on a, a fast track to the draft. I don't know. Maybe they can get rid of the quarterback. They, they definitely have to get rid of the, they definitely have to get rid of the, the coach. Um, I know they've gotten rid of some of their, their good offensive, good defensive pieces. Um, so they're probably, they've got a new building. So they're probably looking to, to, to retool that franchise. I know they signed their quarterback to probably like a hundred million dollars, you know, maybe two, three years ago, but just the, you know, a little piece of that quarterback isn't that great. Um, he lucked out after that Super Bowl and got that deal. So, I mean, they kind of stuck with him. Depending on how the structure of it is, they may be able to get out of it. But, um, like I say, I just think they just re- really need to redo that entire team. I expect Seattle to bounce back because I think Seattle is going to go deep into the playoffs. I think Seattle is going to be in the NFC Championship game. Um either versus Dallas or either versus Green Bay, depending on the way that that shakes out. But I definitely see Seattle as, as a contender this year um, for the Super Bowl. So with that being said, I'm going to take Seattle at a minus seven for this game and the under, which is 50. So Russell, counting on you. Matty Ice, oh boy. Ugh. So... The next game that I'm looking at is going to be Philadelphia at Buffalo. Philadelphia, holy moly, they are coming off a pretty, uh, pretty hectic loss where the coach was, uh, was uh, smart enough to guarantee a win in an away game against Dallas, and they promptly got their asses kicked. So, I mean, honestly, if I'm the owner and the coach does that, I'd fire his ass. Like, I would just do it just to make a point. Like, I mean, it's not a game, but you just can't be doing that shit. Like, don't, you know, try to fire up, you know, the team by saying we're going to go win this game. And what makes it so bad is, is the week prior, one of his linebackers said something about Kirk Cousins, a quarterback. Oh, this guy's that great, this, that, and third. I mean, he was, gave his honest assessment. He played on the team with the guy, you know. I mean, you know, granted, Kirk Cousins comes back and wins the game, lights, lights them up. But... It's kind of the same situation where the coach decided that he was going to try to fire his guys up by talking, talking down to, talking down about another about the team and saying we're going to win and stuff like that. I've never been a big fan of that. Um, I've never been a big fan of like bulletin board material. Um, if you got to motivate yourself that way, I mean, you, it's probably. Not the greatest idea to to incite your opponent. Um, I mean, they have as much at stake as you do. So, I mean, as soon as your coach starts coming out there, you know, writing checks that his ass don't don't have to cash on the field. I mean, it's a, it's a thing. But I also feel like the coach of of Philly is a fucking moron. Um, Doug Peterson, he was. You know, he was a backup quarterback. He wins the Super Bowl. I mean, you win a Super Bowl in Philly. I mean, shit, you ain't never got to buy a beer in that town ever again. And you probably think that you're invincible. But, hey, at this point, I mean, look, man, you got to put your team in a better position than that. And making your team bulletin board material, it's not that great. I mean, they're up at Buffalo this weekend, so they actually are in need of a win. Um, They should probably bounce back Buffalo as good as their defense is I just don't think that they're ready to make that first step and beating Philly at home that's a big step that's something that they really have to they have to do to be kind of considered as you know a a top tier team I mean they're not gonna they're not gonna beat New England I mean they'll probably put the smacks on on you know maybe the Kansas City's the the, the Chargers, the, uh, the uh, Baltimores, you know, but this is, this is a real test. I mean, Philly is not where it was a couple of years ago, but, you know, this is a, a game where you have to basically take care of business to be considered a serious contender. And I know Buffalo, they, they, they want, they, they're a football-starved town. They, they want their team to, to, to succeed. So with that being said, 
I'm going to take Philly at a plus two um, at Buffalo. And I'm also going to take the under, which is 43. So continuing with the 1 p.m. games, we have the Chargers, and they're going to go to Chicago to face the Bears. Now, I am kind of skeptical as to Chicago just because I don't like their whole scheme as far as the offense goes. It's very shaky. It's contingent on a guy who plays quarterback who has just had a really severe shoulder injury, and he's very streaky when it comes to throwing the ball. Um, I know the guy that they actually hired as the quarterback, as the as the coach of of the Bears, is supposed to be some sort of offensive guru from the Canadian Football League. Uh, I haven't seen that as of yet. I know their defense is is tier one, but um, like I say, I just don't like how they have conflicting groups. Like the offense can't extend drives like it just basically it can't it can't can it can't score enough points or stay on the field long enough to give the defense room to work like the defense is awesome the defense has Khalil Mack um, and he is basically a terror I feel like the the whole formula of him going against a really stable, not mobile quarterback as far as uh, Phillip Rivers goes is a recipe for disaster. I feel like he can really, really wreck this game plan. But like I said, I feel like Chicago has two conflicting groups on offense. If your offense can't sustain a drive, but your defense is steadily giving you the ball back, I mean, it's like what are you doing to what are you what are you doing to, to to be involved in your own rescue so to speak so on the flip side of that i feel like the chargers can really make up ground in these next couple of weeks seeing how kansas city's quarterback is like broke his kneecap i mean this kid is the mvp he's looking like he wants to be the mvp he's like playing video game ball and uh he's gonna be out so the Chargers can really, really make up ground. I kind of expect them to win this game. Uh, I like the coach a lot um, for, uh, for, for, San, for, I keep calling him San Diego, for LA, for the Chargers. Um, so what I'm looking at, I'm gonna, take, I'm gonna take the Chargers at a plus five going to Chicago. And I'm also gonna take the over, which is 41. I expect them to put the ball in the air. Um, both teams a lot, but I, I really like the Chargers in this one. I think they're they're more talented than you know than people would like to let on. The next uh, 1 p.m. game is Tennessee versus Tampa Bay. Now, I expect Tennessee to control the clock on this one. They got Ryan Tannehill. I, I don't see the coach of, of Tennessee letting him put the ball in the air too much. They have a, a, a hell of five run game. They have a really, really good uh, line. Uh, they have a, a zone blocking scheme, something that Denver employed years ago. Um, zone blocking is basically block to the left, block to the right, and you just pick a hole, go through it. If you have a, a running back that has a little shift to him, a little speed, a little heft to him, boom, I mean, it's gonna make some noise. You're gonna, you're definitely gonna, you're definitely gonna be able to control the clock. And Tennessee has Derrick Henry, so I expect this game to be, to be shorter. I expect them to try to keep Jameis Winston off the field. Um, if Tampa Bay's defense plays opportunistically and they get their hands on turnovers, Tampa Bay wins this game. If they can't get into a rhythm if they can't find a way to to drive the ball then Tampa Bay is just going to eat up the clock on them and they'll win this game Jameis Winston has been very 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 
let's say, uh, eh, shaky, inconsistent. Eh, that's Jameis Winston for you. I mean, hey, what are you going to do? The guy plays for Tampa Bay. He has, you know, a whole bunch of things going on with him. But as far as that goes, with this game, I'm taking Tennessee at a minus three. And I'm going to take the over, which is 47. For some reason, I think these fools is going to put up a ton of points. I just do. Um, seems like Jameis is good at doing that. So the next game we have, we have Denver at Indy. Now, Indy is leading the division right now at 4-2. I bet you nobody saw this one coming. You know, they had their all-world, basically, damn near wannabe Hall of Fame quarterback that said, yo, I don't want to play no more. He just said, yo, I'm done. He's like, yo, I'm walking away from all the monies. I don't need no more surgeries. I don't want no more rehab. I don't want to do none of that. I just want to sit home and drink beer and eat lobster. I don't blame him. But what happened is these motherfuckers is actually playing some really, really good football. And they're doing what I exactly thought they were going to do. They're rallying around the guy that replaced them, Jacoby Brissett. Now, I said... My first podcast, I was like, yo, this guy, he, you know, we need to watch out for this team because this guy, he's, he's pretty good. You know, he's played for New England. And we all know that New England, if you, if you come out of there and you're sane, you will probably be a great football player, a great coach. They just have a great system where they just set you up for success. So I really, really think that Indianapolis has a shot at doing some great things if they could get into the tournament, the tournament being the postseason, the tournament meaning the playoffs. Now, as far as I'm concerned, I've seen some really, really shitty teams just make it there and then just, boom, win the whole thing, i.e. the Giants in 2011. So with that being said, you got Denver going to Indy this weekend. And as a 1 o'clock game, I really don't dig teams from the West Coast going, flying across time zones to play early games. But hey, uh, I don't think that Denver is going to get scraped, even though they've looked really, really horrible the past couple of weeks. Um, Joe Flacco looks totally uninterested. Um, I really don't see them getting totally scraped this week. So I'm going to take Denver at a plus six. And I'm going to take the over which is 44. So it's not like I'm saying I think Denver's going to win this game. I just don't think they're going to win this game. Uh, I just don't think they're going to lose it by that much. I feel like this is going to be a squeaker. I feel like this is going to be one of those 17-16 things or 14-10s. But I I feel like six points is a lot for a team that just, you know, doesn't really have anything going for them right now. could probably use a win, and these are those type of games that they generally – come and show out for and then the rest of the season is just horrible but who knows the next game we have at one o'clock we have Cincinnati at LA now Cincinnati is a horrible team horrible franchise they've been like that for a number of years uh quarterback play is not that great they got a brand new coach um, who knows how long who, who knows how long he'll be there? Um, their number one receiver, he's involved in trade rumors. So what that says to me is you have a team that is going through that is going through going through a, a, a bit of a, a, a identity crisis. They don't know whether they want to just scrap it all and start from scratch or whether they want to hold on to a couple of pieces and try to move forward with that. With that. A couple of pieces may be, may be the quarterback, um, uh, Andy Dalton. I personally think Andy Dalton is trash. Um, I've always thought he was trash. I just, you know, think that, you know, Cincinnati, I mean, I'm quarterback, they'll let you play, you know what I'm saying? And they'll pay you too. Uh, I've seen it happen. Um, but... I don't think they're going to go to L.A. and get destroyed by, you know, 
by two touchdowns, maybe one. So I'm going to take uh, Cincinnati at a plus 13 um, versus L.A. I'm going to take the over, which is 48, because like I said, I expect, you know, I expect the ball to be put into the air. These two uh, coaches, uh, Zach Taylor and the coach of the, of the Rams, I believe they, they go back. I believe they go back. So, I mean, it's, this might be like, you know, might be a, a little, little fun, fun thing to see between these two. The next game I have, I have Arizona at New Orleans. Now, Arizona has shown a lot of promise. They haven't won many games. They won last week against the Giants in a squeaker, and that's because the quarterback, Kyler Murray, is, you know, he's, uh, he's, uh, he's been managing the game very well. Looks like he's been trying to figure out how to play mistake-free ball. And that's how you win in this league. I mean, to be honest with you, that's how Tom Brady, you know, got over for so many years until he got Randy Moss. He just played mistake-free football. Now, I don't know if people realize that. You know, sure, I could throw the ball a country mile, but can I go six, seven games without fumbling, without getting the ball intercepted? It's not about, it's not about gaudy stats and, 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 and physical feats at this point. It's about, hey, Am I putting my team in the best position to win every single week, every single position? Do they trust me? And I think Kyler Murray, he's getting to that point where people are starting to starting to realize, like, hey, this, this kid is definitely worth that first pick. This kid is definitely the real deal. And I saw that in the Giants game. It's like, hey, he's not trying to take the big hit. He's just trying to make the proper plate every time. And no matter what the situation is, He'll find a way to make the to make the the, the, the the positive play, and that's 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 where the great ones the great ones really thrive, and I, I see that in him, and who knows? Um, so with that being said, they're gonna go into New Orleans. New Orleans have been playing fantastic ball. The defense is balling out. Teddy B, he's been playing like nobody's business. So I have a hard time thinking that Arizona's going to go in there and win this game, but I think they're going to give them a hell of a game. I honestly think that they are going to be able to, um, be able to you know, withstand New Orleans' defense simply because Kyler Murray has wheels. Now, you see what that does. That's a whole other element that you really, really can't prepare for. So with that being said, I'm going to take Arizona plus 10, at New Orleans, and I'm going to take the over, which is 48. So my last 1 p.m. game, uh, Jesus, shout out to Goldfinger again, man. I know I shouted him out early in the in the in the uh, in the segment, but um, this is uh, the Jets at Jacksonville. I mean, honestly, it's hard for me to it's hard for me to pick the Jets pick the Jets to do anything week to week outside of lose, you know. Uh, I, the coach, he's, God, I don't know who hired this coach. Oh, yeah, I know who hired the coach. The guy who hired the coach, he got fired. <laughs> so the coach that he hired could take over his job duties. That lets you know exactly what's going on in that, in that franchise. It's all fucked. It's all fucked. I mean, it's been like that for years. And who knows when it's going to get better. But I don't know. They're going to Jacksonville. Jacksonville looks like it's a, a transitional franchise, like they're doing a little bit better. They just got rid of one of their best cornerbacks. But with that being said, I still think they have a better team than the Jets. I think the Jets are going to go into Jacksonville and lay a stinker. But you knowing Jacksonville, they have a number of mistakes and they may let the Jets off the hook. With that being said, I'm going to take the Jets at a plus five at Jacksonville, and I'm going to take the over, which is 41. I kind of expect them to, to score some points because, you know, the defenses for both teams are, are going to be, you know, very, very uh, opportunistic. With opportunistic things comes big plays, and I just think there's going to be a bunch in this game. So, like I said, I'm going to take the Jets at a plus five, and I'm going to take the over, which is 41. Against my better judgment, I'm taking the Jets. 
plus five. Say it again, Jets at a plus five in the over, which is 41. Now moving on to the 4 p.m. games, I got Carolina at a plus six at San Francisco. San Francisco's been actually balling out. I don't trust San Francisco, though. Uh, I, I think that they're a paper tiger. I said that last week. Um, I feel like there's going to, you know, there's going to come a time where they're going to get exposed. Maybe it's this week. Maybe they get exposed by a rookie quarterback who's, you know, backing up a, a former MVP. Um, but, hey, I don't, I don't know a whole lot about the NFC West outside of the Rams and Seattle. But, you know, if Kyle Shanahan can come in here and install his, his offense and and make you know and make something of it i mean i i know they're a big he's a big west coast proponent if he's anything like his dad so the whole west coast the whole west coast offense is something that's very easy to master for somebody like jimmy garoppolo um i just don't know exactly how it's gonna go with I just don't know how exactly it's going to go against Carolina and their defense. So, like I said, I'm not totally convinced that San Fran is a is a is a is a best bet. So, I'm looking at Carolina plus 6 at San Fran. I'm going to take the under, which is 41. The next game at 4 o'clock, this is, I'm going to make sure I watch this game, boy, is uh, Cleveland at New England. Now, uh, Cleveland was the uh, preseason favorite to go to the conference championship. Cleveland is basically a dumpster fire. I mean, they got all the, they got all the uh, pieces that you would want, you know, wide receiver, you know, you got some defensive players here you got you know you got a, a, a quote-unquote a, a, a emerging star at quarterback um but they 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 have no identity um they they really they're, they're Cleveland I mean Cleveland finds a way to like to like jam themselves up Cleveland are, Cleveland is basically the Jets they're basically the Jets and um you know like I say, they might come out, they might lay 40 on New England. They might just get that hyped up. I don't see it happening. I really don't see it happening. The coach of, of the, the Browns is basically, a, um, is basically a coordinator. This is his first head coaching job. He has all these personalities he has to manage, and he's going up against the greatest coach of all time, like all time. Bill Belichick is the greatest football coach of all time. And I saw what he did to one of the best offensive minds, so so-called offensive minds, yet last night. Man, he's gonna have a field day with this kid, Baker Mayfield, next week. So, um, what I'm thinking is, and they're at New England. I just don't see, I just don't see how they win this game. Now, I am going to take. Cleveland at a plus 11 simply because I feel like there's going to be this is going to be a game I don't feel like it's going to be a blowout I don't feel like it's going to be a blowout but I feel like there's going to be a point in time where New England does pull away um, but like I say I, I just don't feel like they're going to win by more than two touchdowns um, so that's why I'm taking Cleveland at a plus 11 I'm going to take the under at 47. So I just feel like somebody is going to have to keep Tom Brady off the field. That's the only way Cleveland wins this game. That is the only way. If you want to get into a shootout with this guy, it's, it's, it's over before it starts. So, and the 8 p.m. game on Sunday is going to be the Packers at Kansas City. Now, this would be more of a ball game if Patrick Mahomes was playing. But like I said, this kid broke his kneecap on a quarterback sneak. I mean, ways to break your kneecap on a quarterback sneak. I mean, is that's probably the worst way to break your kneecap. But, I mean, who knows? So he breaks his kneecap. He's not playing. The Packers, I'm looking at the Packers at a plus five. 
So this is one of the reasons why I'm like, hey, you know, let me let me get these early picks because they actually have the Packers as an as an underdog. So I'm going to take the Packers at a plus five, and I'm going to take the under, which is 48, because like I say, I just don't see Kansas City doing anything offensively without their quarterback. They were very average without this kid. I expect them to return to that. So like I said, just to repeat myself, I'm going to take the Packers plus five. And the under, which is 48. So, moving right along, we are going to end this podcast with my Monday night pick. Now, my Monday night pick, Monday night pick is going to shock a couple of people. This is one of those classic, classic struggles of, like, one of these grudge matches on the gridiron. It's Pittsburgh. Versus the Dolphins. The Dolphins are visiting Pittsburgh. Let me not get ahead of myself. This is going to be a, a, a very horrible game. Both of these teams are uh, going through transition. They don't have no stars. Pittsburgh is, is going through a major transition because I think they have to kind of figure out how they remain relevant and, you know, kind of change up the way they do business. Um, they're not going to have a quarterback. They're not going to have Roethlisberger for, I don't know, maybe till next year, maybe the middle of next year. Um, I'm pretty sure that elbow issue that he has isn't going to be, you know, uh, healed up for him to, you know, to be an NFL quarterback. Somebody hit you on that thing. Oh, boy. I mean, and, and I think his injury wasn't even something where it was like where it got hit. It was just like, okay. Um, I'm a quarterback. Oh, my elbow hurts. I'm out for the season. Like that, those are like the worst injuries because that's just like a wear and tear thing. And um, Mike Tomlin, eh, it's Mike Tomlin. Eh, I like that guy. Pittsburgh, they don't, they don't even, I mean, I don't think he has to worry about, you know, finding another job. He's won a Super Bowl. He's been the one. Um, so, and Pittsburgh is all about the continuity. So I... Don't expect them to lose this game, but I also don't expect them to scrape Miami by two touchdowns because they are as shitty as Miami. Miami has to have a bit of pride in themselves. They have to have a bit of pride. I don't see them going 0-16. I mean, I don't see them, you know, just being like, you know, super, super, super bad. You know, I, I just, I, I can't see that. Like, I just, I mean, like I said, the, the coach, Brian Flores, his first coaching job, the way that it goes in the NFL is he gets to coach this team. He becomes an instant lame duck next year. And uh, then by the time they figure out what they're going to do, then what's going to happen is they'll, they'll get a quarterback. And hopefully they let him at least draft a quarterback, draft that kid out of Oregon, draft that kid out of Clemson, you know, and then see how he does with that. Because Rosen, holy moly, I didn't think he sucked that bad. But he's really not that great. He's really not that great. And for what it seems like, people don't even like him. Like, his teammates don't even like him that much. But who knows? But my prediction here is I'm going to take Miami at a plus 15 at Pittsburgh on Monday Night Football. I'm going to take the under, which is a 43. So, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm, pretty, uh, I'm pretty okay with these picks for the week. And uh, I know I, I said I had a, a treat for you guys, you know. So for, for my, my, my faithful, uh, my faithful uh, what do you know, what do you say listeners out there, just to let you know, uh, I know you thought this was just a straight-up football podcast, but one of my other loves is hoops. I love me some b-ball. And I know you guys love it too. And we're going to be doing a, a, a what do you know, what do you say, you know, NBA weekend edition uh, coming up starting next week. So what I'll be doing is I'll be, you know, having odds and stuff on, on the weekend games so we can get some money during the weekends during the NBA as well. So I know we'll have some fun doing, doing that. But uh, I appreciate everybody, you know, who, who kind of tunes into the show. I appreciate, you know, everybody who shows me love on the, on the, on the, on the, on the streaming, on the content space tip pause. And, uh, you know, I... I hope you guys, you know, utilize these tips and, and go out there and get you some money this weekend. And that, like I said, 
Next week, we're going to start doing a little pod with the NBA games involved. But uh, as far as the NFL stuff goes, man, hey, I, I, gave, it, I, I gave you my all this week. Uh, and uh, like I said, I hope it pays off for you guys. And uh, once again, thanks for listening. Thanks for tuning in to What Do You Know? What Do You Say? Coming out of Dobbs Ferry this week. I'll see you guys next week. Shout it out. Get you some money. One.